Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages, amen. Um, as we've mentioned before, that uh, now that we're in the 50 days following the resurrection, all the Gospels on Sundays, all the Gospel messages and the passages taken from the Gospels are all sharing a, a, a similar message to us, that Jesus is all that we need. Um, and, uh, you know, we've seen different Gospels speaking about Jesus being... Um, the bread of life, Jesus being the water which quenches our thirst. And today, Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. Um, I have come as a light into the world. That he, whoever walks um, uh, in dark, uh, whoever... says, walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Jesus is telling us that he is this light. I want to ask you a question. Maybe seem a little unrelated to the theme of the gospel initially, but you'll, you'll see the connection really quickly. How many of you or us have had their phone die, like the battery run out of charge, at an inopportune time? Anybody? Here? Yeah, it seems to happen to me quite often. In fact, now I have like this battery, extra battery pack thing that I carry in my bag. One of the most inopportune times that can happen is if I'm going somewhere, I'm going to, to, to an appointment or something, and the address for that appointment is in my email, right? Or even more inopportune, right? You get, the, you get to where you're supposed to go and then you don't know what floor, what room, where you're going, this huge office building, and where do you go, right? Another, another time that's really inopportune is sometimes, oftentimes, I actually use my phone as my GPS navigator <laughs> because I find that it is more accurate than my, my proprietary Garmin one that, that is in my car. Anyways, sometimes... Um, as I'm going somewhere and I have the address all programmed in there, I look up and I see that it says 1%, right? And then the panic strikes because how am I going to get there if, the, if this dies, right? I'm not going to know what the best way or the fastest way or whatever is to get there, right? So suppose you're sitting next to me in the car and I'm panicking because my phone is going to die any minute now and it is what it is the, 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 that has the map to guide me to where I want to go. Now what would you recommend to me as I'm sitting there panicking? What would you recommend? Well first of all if you're panicking and you're not safe to drive maybe you should pull over but besides that what else would you recommend? Maybe you would recommend that you can ask it to tell you the directions and then I don't know, the person sitting next to me could write them down or, or uh, could take a screenshot of them and text that message them to the person next to me or, or, or whatnot. In that moment when I see 1% left, right? Sometimes I'm on the phone and then the first thing I'll say to the person is, oh, sorry, my phone is about to die. If it cuts out, I'll call you back in a few minutes, right? I know that 
I know that my phone is only going to work for a little bit longer and then it's going to stop working, right? Jesus is telling us, walk while you have the light because when the light is gone, you're not going to know where you're going. It's like that GPS example. You're not going to know where you're going. I want to tell you the truth. In my very short life, I have seen and witnessed in other people's lives and in my own that there are seasons in life which are easier to believe in than others. There are seasons in life where you really want to believe. I want to believe from all my heart. I want to believe that God is good. I want to believe that God is caring for me. I want to believe that God has a plan for my life. I want to believe that good, good times are right around the corner. I want to believe but I find it very difficult. There are other times in my life where I don't find it difficult to believe. Jesus is telling us that if you are in a season where the light is shining brightly and you're not finding it too hard to believe, then rack up evidence for yourself. Reap in evidence for yourself of His goodness, of His kindness, of whatever things are relevant to you about God. Get to know God. Get to know Him as the light of your life. Get to know Him as the direction for your soul. Because times are going to come when it's going to be hard. Jesus is telling us there's 1% left in the battery. Right? So prepare yourself. Jesus, um, the, the, the Bible speaks about wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And says there are a people who are small yet wise. The ants. They're small, they're not strong, but wise, because they, they treasure up their food for themselves in the summer. In the summer months, we'll find that it's always easier to do things. I'm trying to, you know, get back into an exercise routine and all of this. I tried in February. It was hard, right? Now it's May. I have no excuse. I need to put my running shoes on, right? There are times, there are seasons in life where it is easier to believe in God. One of the contemporary fathers is quoting one of the desert fathers and saying, there will be a time that it will come, will, that will come, that apostasy will be so profound, so widespread, that simply to hold the faith will be greater than the, all of the works of the ascetics and the martyrs of old. What's he saying? He's saying that there will come a time where disbelief will be so widespread that it will be considered a greater work to, in God's eyes. It will require greater grace from God to support those at that time that they continue to believe and not lose their faith than the grace that God had to, had to give for the martyrs of old and the great ascetics. I don't know if he's talking about our time. But if he isn't, if he isn't, that means that times will come after this which will be even harder to believe in. So now is the time. Let us consider now the summer. Let us consider these holy 50 days the summer. Let us consider this time the time for us to get to know God and to know Him deeply and to know Him personally and intimately. And in 2 Thessalonians, the passage which was read today, St. Paul tells us, hold fast the traditions you were taught by word or by letter. In the 
Holy Orthodox Church, we believe that some of the things that God teaches us, He teaches us in His written Word. And some of the things that He teaches us, He teaches us by an oral tradition, by, by verbal teaching. And that stuff isn't written anywhere. The examples of the lives of holy people that I had an opportunity to meet and to live with, that stuff isn't written anywhere. Maybe one day, those of us who are the children of Father Arsenius, those of us who are, who are the friends of this or that contemporary saint, will sit down and write a book about that person. But for now, it's an oral tradition. But I tell you the truth, I live by those people's example. I live by their example. And God gave me, for whatever reason, He gave me to live very closely, not like, a, like in the same neighborhood or whatever, but to live very closely with some holy people so that when I'm discouraged, I remember what they said when they were discouraged or when I, what they said to me when I was discouraged or when they were discouraged, what they said and how they encouraged themselves. When they were encouraged, what did they do? How did they praise God? How did they labor? How did they struggle when they found it difficult to struggle? How did they help others? How did they do acts of mercy? All of that is an oral tradition. All of that is stories which are told from one generation to another or whatever. Then there's a written tradition. I promise you, I promise you that all the power I find in my life all the motivation I find in my life to do anything that I do, I find here. I am married to a saint and I have the most lovely child and I have the most amazing and beautiful congregation. These days, can I, can I, a little sidebar, can I ask you a question? People keep coming up to me and saying, Abuna, I feel so sorry for you. The service is so difficult. Your life must be so difficult. I always turn to them and I tell them, I have the nicest congregation and the nicest people in the world. I'm surrounded by good people all the time. I don't know what, you, I don't know what people are talking about. Service, serving God is a pleasure. It's a delight. Yes, it happens at inopportune times sometimes, in the middle of the night, at night, in the morning, times that when you have other things that you have to do. Sometimes it competes with other things that you, that you need to do, that your family needs you, this, that, whatever. But serving God is the most beautiful thing in the whole wide world. This is the summer. This is the summer. I can't imagine that life is going to get any easier than this. So I must store up for myself. I must store up for myself good things of God. I must cleave to the light. I must download the directions because there is a time that will come which will be, will be dark. And I have experienced darkness. I have experienced doubt. I have experienced fear. I have experienced not knowing where anything is going to go in my life. But these holy 50 days are days of light. Jesus is with us. He is here. I promise you, He is more present today than ever before. It behooves us, you and me, that we download the directions and that we, that we hold fast to them like St. Paul is telling us. Then St. John is telling us that God is love and that the easiest way to know God is love. And love like the, 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 in biblical uh, symbolism and numerical symbolism, the, the, the symbolic number for love is two. 
Because it takes two to love. If you love, if there's only one, and I love the one, which is me, then I love myself. That's called selfishness. But it takes two or more to love. St. John is telling us that how do we, God is love. How can we know that love? By loving others. <laughs> Not by being loved by others. Not by being loved by others. Many people come to me and they complain that this person doesn't love me and I love them and I'm kind to them and so on. Family, friends and so on. I want to tell you the truth. We know God by loving. Not by being loved. As we love, we become cognizant of how much God has loved us. We become aware of how much God has loved us. Then we feel truly loved. Because when I feel loved by people, people are beautiful. They're amazing. They're fantastic. But they're human. And sometimes they love me and sometimes they get selfish and sometimes they get busy and sometimes... Right? So if I'm going to base my value in life and how much I value myself and how much... How, how, what my place is in the world, by how much other people love me, then my life will be a roller coaster. But if I, can, if I can base my life on a constant, on something which is constant, which is the love of God for me, now you're talking. Now you're standing on solid ground. And the easiest way to access that is actually by going out and loving others. St. John is telling us, that let us know God through His love. I want to tell you something. When you start trying to love other people that you wouldn't usually love, like people who are outside of your usual circle, you're going to find people who are really hard to love. I promise you. You will. And then a little voice inside of you is going to say, but didn't you see when He did that really nice thing to that person? Now, I know you have this person doesn't have very redeeming quality, very many redeeming qualities in your eyes, the little voice will say. But did you see, didn't you see that when he did that good thing? Didn't you see how he was really patient with that person? Didn't he see, you see when he was really kind with that person? And all of a sudden, little voice inside of you starts opening your eyes to see the good in this person, the lovable thing in this person. That is the Holy Spirit. And St. Paul and St. John tell us that this is our guarantee of the kingdom, having this relationship, this dialogue with the Spirit of God in you. If you have that dialogue, know, know that the kingdom of heaven is yours and the kingdom of heaven is already present and being, being f fertilized within you. Lastly, in the book of Acts, St. Paul and St. Barnabas go to a city called Derby, uh, I think Lystra or Derby, I can't remember which is first. Anyhow, they go to this city and they see a man who is uh, quadriplegic or paraplegic and they pray for him and he is healed. And of course, all the people come out of the city and they start worshipping them like gods. And then they say, no, 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 we're not gods. You, you people are foolish. You're worshipping things that were made by a creator. You should worship the creator. Then some Jews at the same time came from Antioch and other cities and went and spread some bad, bad stuff about St. Paul. So what did the people do? The same people who were wanted to worship him as a god. One minute ago, take him outside the city and stone him and leave him for dead. And then the disciples come and they come to take the body of St. Paul. They find him alive. 
right? St. Paul goes back into the city, collects his things, goes to another city to preach, and he says to them, for by many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of heaven. The book of Acts is telling us that today you're in the light, today you're in the summer, today things are easy. In, in a moment, in a second, things can change. In a second, the people who are, you know, hailing you as a god can start stoning you to death. St. Paul knew that. He knew that. So he brushed himself off and went back into the city. He brushed and went back into the same city with the people who stoned him. He went back there. He didn't stay long. He collected his stuff and he went to a neighboring city like five kilometers away and started preaching there. Well, the Jews who came the whole way from Antioch, aren't they able to find you in the next city? Yes, they are. But nothing will stop me from preaching the gospel. In the summer or in the winter, I will preach the gospel. Where did St. Paul find the strength to be the same man in summer or in winter? In the, in the happy and easy seasons of our life and in the difficult seasons of our life. St. Paul had downloaded the instructions during the summer. He had downloaded the instructions before the battery died. He had held fast. He was doing what he himself tells us to do in the book of Thessalonians. He was holding fast onto his own personal knowledge and experience of the Lord Jesus Christ. What knowledge? What experience? When you read carefully in Galatians, you'll find that St. Paul says at the end of Galatians 1, beginning of Galatians chapter 2, that after St. Paul was converted on the, on the road to Damascus. See, see how faithful this man is and let it be to us, to me, a motivation to try to be even more faithful. On the Damascus road, he was converted. He met Jesus and Jesus asked him two questions. What are you doing? Um, Jesus asked him a question, what, wh what are you doing? And St. Paul asked him, who are you? And then he asked him, what, what shall I do? He went, um, he went to Damascus and Yanis prayed for him. The scales fell off his eyes. He met some of the disciples there. Then he went back to Jerusalem. Nobody wanted anything to do with him. So he left from Jerusalem and he went into the desert. And he spent three years in the desert. After spending three years in the desert, he went to Antioch and he began to teach. I want to ask you a question. Who taught him anything about Christianity? When did he learn? He was converted. He went to Damascus. He didn't spend any time there. He went to Jerusalem. He spent very little time there. Nobody wanted anything to do with him because they thought he was still Saul of Tarsus. So he went to the desert for three years. In the desert, he met Jesus. Jesus taught him everything. In the desert, you will find Jesus. I'm not saying that you need to go into northern Ontario or the deserts of Nevada or something to find Christ. I'm saying that I need to create that desert in my life where I will find Jesus. And while I'm with Jesus, I need to hear his instructions to me. I need to download those instructions and hold fast to them lest the battery of my phone die and I no longer have access to them. I'll leave you with one final example. 
um, the last, uh, uh, the end of my 40 days of preparation for priesthood, I spent them with the wife of a very holy priest um, who had passed away in the, the, the latter part of the 20th century. His wife is now in her 80s, but, but she's, you know, all with it. And, um, and I learned a lot from her in those three days. I asked her what this priest, Father Peshoy Kemu, what his daily routine was like. She said something to me that really resonated with me because it was something that I used to do while working and I thought to, like in, in the hospital and I told myself this is something I absolutely have to continue to do as a priest. He would wake up in the morning and he would read the Bible and he would sit with God and he would ask God for an assignment. He would ask God to give him one commandment, not, a, not 10 commandments, not a thousand commandments, not 613 commandments, just one commandment for this day. And he would go out in this day and try to be faithful in doing that commandment everywhere he went. If it's love your enemies, fine. If it's be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, fine. If it's beware, you will give account for every idle work which you speak, fine. Whatever it is, he would try to be faithful in that commandment that day, all day long. And in the, at the end of the day, he would come back and he would stand before God and he would pray. And he would ask God, so God, how did we do? Like, how many opportunities did I have to do this commandment that you asked me to do? And how many of them did I take advantage of and, and do it? He sat with God. He downloaded the instructions and then he tried to be faithful in them. In the summer or in the winter. Jesus is telling us, believe in the light while you have the light that you may be sons of light. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.